0: Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the weekly dispatch. It's Sean here in New York City still Have not left, still can't speak correctly. We're going to be covering the week of the 16th through the 22nd of September, hitting all the important topics in the news cycle and looking for all the upcoming events important to your week. And boy, do we have some important topics at the end of the segment if you just want to fast forward to however long it gets me through this. But big news last week that we're going to cover first and foremost. I know it's at the forefront of all of your minds. Bachelor in Paradise just wrapped up. That's essentially all I did outside of school big things that came out of it were some dude with a shaped beard proposed to a girl who sells Instagram tea and very cheap fitness attire. uh, And they're engaged now. So everyone's really happy. They're gonna be going and doing some touring events. There's two or three couples that are engaged. We also found out who the uh, bachelor's gonna be. Bachelor's gonna be about a six foot one white male, slight tan. Ruffled hair, maybe a little bit of uh, facial hair on, uh, you know, the face to cover up some soft cheekbones and a lack of a jawline probably has some unique backstory. You guys should be just as excited for this next season as I am because we're going to see a huge, diverse cast of women coming out to really go after the heart of this man. I'm talking pageant queens and pageant queens Probably some pageant queens who are doctors and pilots. It's going to be crazy. So much infighting. We're going to have Hannah C's and B's. We're going to have Stacy Q's and R's. We're going to have Lisa A's and M's. Get ready for the naming conventions. They're going to come out. We'll create our own code so you know exactly who we're talking about week to week. Uh, But we're going to get back to the podcast. As always, it's sponsored by Paragon Recovery. Use the code Kronos15 to get great deals on their products. Paragon Recovery keeps you in the fight through activating your recovery and sleep cycles. And check them out online if you want more savings as a member of the military community or one of the many law enforcement agencies. Today's podcast will highlight the international news of the week, which is all about Saudi Arabia. And then we'll do some stuff on Afghanistan and follow up on the corruption charges from a couple weeks ago. The U.S. America's news this week is going to be a summary of suits coming out of California with 22 other states against the administration and then reports of a whistleblower over dealings between the administration and Ukraine. We'll hit some stuff with the economy, specifically corporate responses to the biggest health issues in the United States, those being gun rights and smoking, the former uh, is up for debate, obviously, if you stand on the left or the right side of the aisle. But we're going to talk about what corporations are doing to prevent that. But outside of that, we're going to have some fun at the end of the episode. If you want to stick around, let's go. All right, international news, Saudi Arabia. Since 1990, the United States has been the de facto head of security in the Middle East region after the invasion of Kuwait the U.S.'s commitment is based on preventing the spread of violence in the Gulf region. And more recently on the spread of terrorism, but it's being put to the test because last week it's found that, uh, 17 missiles and drones were used to attack Saudi Arabia's most critical installation that coming from a report from the New York times, the attack knocked out 5% of the global oil supply. We also mentioned last week in the economic section, what that was going to do to the price of oil, which increased it, uh, Barely, but we're still seeing some shock in the markets afterwards as individuals that had used that as a commodity and as a base for hedging were left in the dark. The United States and the Saudis are currently pointing the finger at Iran, despite the attack coming out of Yemen, as we reported. And the U.S. just announced the deployment of soldiers uh, and air defense artillery units to the Middle East to protect some of that infrastructure. But what's the most troubling about all this, uh, I think, is given the billions of dollars that Saudi Arabia has and has spent on its military, it was critically exposed to a relatively inexpensive attack funded by who we believe is Iran. And the exposure to such systems have left much of that investment absolutely obsolete. With many of Saudi Arabia's military leaders traveling to the United States to take part in many of the officer courses that we have and learn new blocks of instruction on updated technology, the country should probably be a lot better at establishing those newer means to prevent attacks than it is. But the measures are strictly limited to real actions that won't result in an all-out war with the second most powerful military force in the Gulf. The United States, on the other hand, is in a really difficult position. The recently fired National Security Advisor John Bolton believes that the Saudis should fight their own wars, which is a complete 180 from his typical belief that the U.S. should intervene in almost everything. He's been deemed a war hawk. We'll see what happens in the next week because we have an upcoming summit. President Obama, in his attempt to limit activity by U.S. forces in the Middle East years ago, was criticized by Arab leaders who faulted him for the 2015 deal with Iran. And now President Trump is risking the same claims against him as we manage pulling out of Afghanistan and supporting a longtime ally in the Gulf region. Those leaders in the region are quick to uh, criticize the president because they rest on the claim that Iran is simply lashing out as a result of the sanctions from 2017 onward and the increase in threats made by President Trump against Iran. The United States is managing... A, a very massive influence already in the region because of our naval president, presence and then many of the drones that we use for surveillance, as well as the rapid deployability of units across Africa, Europe, and then the United States. Iran has already come out and said that any attack by the United States and or the Saudis will result in what they call an all out war. And while Iran isn't directly responsible for the attack, that would be the Houthi rebels that we talked about last week in Yemen who are suspected of receiving direct support from Iran, President Trump is reluctant to use military action. As of now, the United States, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE will wait until this week coming up before they go into the General Assembly with the United Nations, which is an annual summit. Iran's President Rouhani is expected to attend that assembly, where it's unclear if he's going to be able to sit down with President Trump. Iran has already requested 124 visas for this trip, And so far, the State Department has denied about 40 of those. So we'll wait to see what happens next week. If they can sit down and talk this out and try to limit some of the pressure Iran is putting on both the Gulf region as well as Europe and then China with global oil supplies. We're going to switch and pivot to a different region. Well, actually, it's the same region, different country, Afghanistan. The United States is cutting $100 million to Afghanistan because of government corruption. Previously earmarked money for a hydroelectric project in Kandahar and Ghazni, which sounds awfully familiar to something that I had to sit next to back in 2013 and 2014 near the Baggy Pole Bridge in Kandahar, but that's not the point. It's somehow uh, broken and corrupt, and the system for providing electricity to that city does not exist. I don't know how the Russians built them. We built them. In fact, we sent them millions of gas of gasoline, diesel barrels, supply. I don't know what the correct term is, but we found out that all that gas was going onto the black market and wasn't fueling the city. So no change. But the United States has finally gotten around to covering some of that issue. And it's clamping down finally on the corruption. Corruption. We reported the pay structure wasn't working despite millions of dollars to create what is essentially an Excel spreadsheet for the country to track salaries of its government employees. And this is just another example of the country not really taking advantage of U.S. taxpayer generosity in the form of currency, which does not even come close to its thanks or gratitude for the sacrifices of the American service members who have bled on their soil to protect a freedom, to protect the opportunity to bring this taxpayer dollars to increase the wealth of that nation. And my laundry is done, if you hear that. Anywho, good news, though, out of Afghanistan is the United States and the Taliban have agreed on something. They've agreed, guys. Here it is. We went out they want us out. It's a great step. So I'm pretty pumped. That sounds like progress to me. But we'll see. And speaking of progress, immigration is still not something that's been settled. You see it on the debate stage all the time. You see it in the rhetoric, rhetoric from both sides. But right now, the U.S. and El Salvador have signed an agreement to deter the flow of migrants seeking asylum in the United States. And this is coming out of the Washington Post. No one knows how that agreement's going to work. But the U.S., has put El Salvador in the position to accept migrants from third countries who would otherwise end up at the United States. And on a side note, uh, some friends are stationed down at the border, and the Border Patrol gyms are pretty dope. Uh, They've got a lot of rogue equipment in there, so if you're in a unit that is marked to go down and support the mission, hopefully you end up at a place that has the equipment to continue doing Kronos Fit workouts. Otherwise, you're going to be doing a lot of stuff with kettlebells that you hopefully packed from your cough. But anyway, all this comes months after the U.S. established rules for asylum seekers to legally enter the country uh, in which they had to legally enter another country and seek asylum there first. So they're creating measures to make sure that the caravans that President Trump attacked uh, this last year could not go straight up to our border and the debates in congress and on the democratic debate stage indicate just how far some individuals want to push enforcement and where it is really unlikely that two parties controlling current politics will ever meet uh, a couple months ago in our discussion we talked about the visa process and we highlighted that individuals face a dilemma because if they reach the united states they are legally uh, able to pronounce and seek asylum however if they break a law based on the interpretation by the attorney general They cannot seek asylum because they've already broken a federal law. They have to go through a legal port of entry, which has its own issues uh, with mass amounts of people stacking up, trying to do that exact thing. So more information will come out of this. There's hearings almost every week on immigration going on, uh, especially along the border, and then with improvements that are being made to the border and the wall, but no construction happening yet I think in the next 18 months before the next election, you're going to see some massive news come out that that indicates that the $5 billion that was supposed to go towards that funding is either going to be stopped or not create any tangible outcome that uh, the president was looking for. All right, U.S. news. 23 states have sued President Trump for a battle over emission standards. This comes just two days after The administration told california it couldn't set its own emission standards for automobiles and that is coming after a report from july and august where we highlighted how auto dealers are at odds with federal and state requirements npr was reporting that the suit is against the national highway traffic safety administration because they failed to take into account the analysis that was required by the national environment policy act signed into law in the 1970, and serves as the national charger for regulating and protecting the environment when you go through these decision-making processes. That original report we talked about in July with California was working uh, in tangent with the big four auto manufacturers Uh, and was at the center of an antitrust investigation recently brought on by the Department of Justice. The agreement has always been on the miles per gallon expected by states for auto manufacturers in the upcoming decade, and the rollbacks from those standards from the President Obama negotiated levels by the Trump administration. So now this is a question of state rights and the rule of law, so get ready for some constitutional infighting between the houses and how they interpret that very old document. Speaking of interpretation, uh, we have some news about a whistleblower coming out of Washington, D.C. Last week, if you caught any news, you saw Rudy Giuliani come out and say, as the attorney to the president, they were looking into reports that Vice President Biden, as well as the Clintons, influenced Ukraine's president. uh, And this influence was an attempt to have the president fire a prosecutor who was investigating Vice President Biden's son. As a result of some of that news and another report coming out of an intelligence agency that tried to go through the whistleblower process, uh, Representative Adam Schiff has made a statement that the Inspector General has two weeks to investigate the complaint to determine if it's credible. Continuing that, should it be uh, reviewed, it needs to go to the highest level, uh, and that would also be Congress. The main source of concern from the claim is that President Trump made a very troubling promise to a foreign leader for information that does not have anything to do with foreign policy, which is within his purview, but is more uh, so a bribe well outside of that policy right related to the next campaign and is politically motivated. So that could be an impeachable offense. We constantly hear the president uh, with impeachable offenses. Next week, I'm gonna cover exactly what impeachment means and how it might not mean what the average person thinks of it. And then the other concern for this whistleblower news is the fact that someone in the Justice Department deliberately concealed some of the urgency of the initial report from reaching Congress, which is an example of obstruction and goes against some of the checks and balances of our three-system uh, government. So more to follow next week, for sure. This is a really interesting topic, especially with laws and what the president is allowed to do, what he's not allowed to do, and so we'll have to find out exactly what processes we've established within the government to really put a check on that, or to ensure that the government is supporting the rights of the citizens and the interests. Right on to the economy. So Walmart recently came out and said they're gonna stop selling uh, weapons, and there's been a big push for other corporations to do the same. Colt now is suspending the manufacturing of the AR-15 for the civilian market. Colt said it's going to focus instead on military contracts that it has. The AR-15, for you listeners out there that don't know quite what it is or looks like, but I'm sure you do, is essentially the M-16, which was the standard weapon for most ground forces for decades and was only recently updated by the M-4 and other weapons like the SCAR. Critics like Adam Winkler, who is a gun policy expert at UCLA School of Law, said to the Associated Press that, quote, We've seen in the past that when gun manufacturers are viewed to have given into gun safety advocates, gun owners will boycott them and really hurt their business, he said. Uh, and if they think that a company like Colt is disrespecting their identity or giving into to the other side, Colt is likely to see serious damage to its other firearm brands, too. But... To support what colt was saying uh, the u.s just announced a new contract for over 41 million dollars to colt for rifle sales to militaries around the world so some of the reporting by colt may be accurate and this just might be a very timely instant in which maybe their policy lines up with a political ideology that maybe doesn't necessarily show the full truth and on to another corporate news walmart Uh, And its role with canceling the sale of goods is coming more uh, under scrutiny, now adding e-cigarettes to its banned list. The stop of the sales will also extend to stores like Sam's that it owns. So Walmart is citing a growing state and local regulatory complexity for its decision on vaping products and e-cigarettes. I didn't know that vaping was a huge thing because growing up, we didn't have it. Back in my day, right? Like on my dinosaur. But according to a report from the New England Journal of Medicine, the famous report that came out and said that everyone in New England ate Pepperidge Farm, 25% of all high school seniors are vaping, which is an incredible statistic when you think of the size and scope of that. Walmart told regulators in addition to this shift, it was increasing the minimum age for tobacco purchases to 21 years old. CBS and CNN have gotten on to this and said they are going to stop advertising commercials for vape products like Juul while the company is being investigated by Congress. So, with a growing interest in vaping products and the incidences of health concerns in hospitals all across the country, it just seems that without the science backing up whether the sale of that good is safe. But some companies are going to limit the liability that they have by reducing that, uh, especially from a a social um, rather than economic burden. All right, on to some sports news. Last week, we talked about how Antonio Brown scored his first touchdown for the New England Patriots, and that will be his last touchdown. The Patriots released A.B. after another sexual misconduct report surfaced this week as well as some harassing behavior by A.B. towards uh, that new woman. A.B. released via Twitter, Instagram, whatever medias that he still has access to uh, and no one has taken away, that he called out the NFL, specifically Big Ben and Robert Kraft, among everyone else that he dragged through the mud this week. AB highlighted Kraft's Florida love fest that he was investigated for, as well as Big Ben's rape allegations, and then all the recourse from the league following that. AB is at risk to lose millions in guaranteed money because he breached elements of his contract, which requires standard performance socially off the field. I think he'll probably receive some offers still from the NFL because, let's face it, it's not like You'll look at NFL players and go, okay, that's someone I want to live my life um, comparatively against. It's more of a, these guys are freak athletes. You know, people probably don't care if they're taking steroids so long as they're getting them fantasy points. It'll be interesting to see exactly how this plays out. It's not good news. And speaking of not being good news, Jim Harbaugh is probably done in Ann Arbor, Michigan. U of Michigan lost badly to Wisconsin yesterday. It wasn't even a game. Uh, they haven't done well in the last two weeks, nearly losing to West Point in overtime. So khaki pants aside, which are just a, a great, you know, fall time classic, Michigan is in the middle of, you know, facing some really challenging teams on the road, and they don't have any direction. They have a hype man, and they're sponsored by a basketball brand, but outside of that, until the NFL starts playing games on Saturday all throughout the season, which I'm sure they'll do by 2022, hashtag Goodell, listen, uh, you know, it's still going to be interesting watching college kids play and, and hopefully, you know, taking advantage of the great institution like Michigan has outside of sports. But outside of that, that is our weekly wrap up of the major topics that we cover. If you want to stick around, I'm going to talk about some movies that I think are going to be good, or I'm going to watch the trailer at least and tell you what I think, uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is Top Gun, because Tom Cruise apparently has not been promoted. Uh, from the trailer that I watched, he's still flying planes. He's still being mavericky, but he is well. I don't even know what to tell you. It's not a good looking movie. I don't know if I want to watch it. I don't know if it's gonna be realistic uh, without Kenny Lodgins doing any cool music. This is probably gonna be a lot like Independence Day 2 and it's not gonna have Will Smith, so not gonna be really interested in finding out exactly why Tom Cruise hasn't been promoted. Um, Don't think he did any broadening assignments. Uh, And to be honest, with all of the combat that is coming out of the Middle East after 18 years of war, don't really care about seeing a fictional plane fight when we have so many other cool stories and valiant stories that could be told that he could easily play, you know, given his size and stature, I'm I'm guessing he would be a great tanker, Very small he fits in that thing relatively well, or, or maybe a mechanized platoon leader. Um, for, you know, first Cav and loves wearing his Stetson. That's the kind of guy that I think Tom Cruise is. Uh, watched the trailer for Cats. Just seems like a, another attempt to get Oscar bids following some other big musicals like Les Mis, where we saw Hollywood actors struggle to sing, like Russell... Uh, Not Russell Brand, that's not the guy's name. Russell Crowe, The Australian... Yeah, can't sing worth a damn. And just because you put Taylor Swift in here and these cats are walking around with their tails high in the air with no buttholes, it doesn't look anatomically correct. I'm not interested in watching Cats Cats on Broadway is cool. Some great music. If you go to iTunes and you have that like $9.99 pass for the month, listen to it. I just don't think it's going to be very good. Uh, The Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix looks questionable. Uh, I think it's set in the 70s, which isn't an interesting time period at all. It's just going to be a bunch of blown-out pants. The only thing that's going to be like emblematic of the current society is that every girl is wearing the exact same outfit that was seen in that time period. I'm talking about the Skechers with the super-thick dino bottoms, the full even backpack, walking around some oversized t-shirt and like weird kiss paraphernalia on maybe some big sunglasses i don't know it looks weird i don't think i'm gonna be enjoying it quite as much as i did uh any one of the batman movies with christian bell or heath ledger but for those of you that are out there looking for good music especially from that time period uh miley cyrus redid last year, a version of don't let the sun go down on me. It's a single by Elton John, if you know who he is and it's incredible. It's such a good song. I think I listened to it about 10 times straight on the subway. And then also our next segment that we're going to run is our new Hobbit segment. Uh, and the question is why is Orlando bloom in this series? I don't also understand the elven love relationship, uh, between a dwarf and an elf. There are so many other cool stories that we could have watched uh, in The Hobbit or to take away from the total length of that runtime. But I just don't understand why Legolas is in there. He looks fatter and older than he did in any one of the other Lord of the Rings movies, which is you know, expected when you age, but I, it did not need his presence in the film to add to the credibility of the Tolkien story or to bring that series Together. So that was weird watching him. I think I've watched either The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings at least every week for the last couple months since moving. But anyway, guys, that's going to do it for the weekly dispatch. You can check us out at www.kernisfit.org or hit us up on the email at org. We're wrapping up the Kernis Scholars program in the next week and a half, so get your applications in. We've got Some great individuals with some awesome stories. Uh, Really looking forward to helping out everyone that is looking to transition into higher education. Hit us up on Instagram if you have any questions about the programming. You can find the programming online, both for free and for cost. We always recommend when you start Cronus Fit, check out one of the free programs. The most important programs are free because it is our core belief that fitness should not be a secret, especially when it comes to being successful at any one of the Army schools or selections. Listen to Brain Body Bobby every week about new and emerging health topics from the future doctor himself. And then check out every week, the weekly dispatch, for all the news you might have missed or important topics that you want to listen to on your way to PT before you start blasting that Miley Cyrus song. All right, guys, have a good week. See you next week.